Good evening, everyone. Glad you could join us tonight. This is a live broadcast. Uh, this is Joshua Wayne Miller with Joshua Ministries, and we are looking at 9-11, Declaration of Independence, and the Sanctity of Life. Um, this is 9-11, so we're going to commemorate or um, remember what happened that day, talk a little bit about it. And we're gonna, we are, we're in a very critical time in our life, our country. Uh, we're on the verge of either collapsing into the abyss or a great awakening and a reawakening in the fervor and worship and a reverence of God Almighty. There's one of two ways we can go with that. I don't know how to turn those notifications off. Let me do that. I think you can still pick me up there. Yeah, you still got me. All right. So we're going to get started with that. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer first. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We're thankful for this life that you've given us. We're thankful for the health that you've given us. And we're thankful for the... Um, the opportunity to serve you and to live for you. We pray that we would uh, take our lives and honor and glorify you with it, with our lives, with our speech, with our actions. I thank you for what you've done. Give me the clear thoughts and clear speech to present your word according to your will. And we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want to talk a little about 9-11 first. I'm sure everybody remembers exactly where you were on 9-11. I was in High Point, North Carolina. I was at my grandparents, granddaddy and grandma Miller's. And I was actually staying with them for a few months. Uh, me and my four brothers were staying with them and my Aunt Kim. And Granddaddy Miller had the news on, Fox News. And I remember walking through the living room and then seeing it, seeing the, um, the towers smoking on the TV and I remember them standing for a long time. I don't remember how long they stood there, but they just stood there smoking for a long time. And one of the key things I remember is that my parents were driving up to, I think it was, they were still on their way to Rhode Island. At that time they were looking for a, um, a, a home, in Rhode Island so we could go back to the mission field in Rhode Island. So my parents were actually driving and they actually drove through the smoke uh, 
of the Twin Towers. And that's something I'll never forget about that day. Uh, so we know how it went, how the Twin Towers went, and then how we went, the Patriot Act, and we went into war in Afghanistan and Iraq and been in the 20-year war. And I've kind of awakened to the truth of what's been happening and the fact that um, the United States has been the enemy of the globe and they kind of, it seems like the uh, Twin Towers were an inside job. For one, I mean, just that from what I remember, watching the towers just sitting there, they weren't melting down because the plane hit them. They were just standing there. That, those couple floors that the plane hit were on fire, and they were they were smoldering, but that was it. The structure, the frame of the building was still standing. And then you see the... Um, Later on, I've looked at videos of it, gone back and kind of done a little digging and listening to, to experts on it that, that have done the research and the interviews with people. And then one thing some have noticed or mentioned was Building 7. And I think a news anchor, CNN, was reported that it had collapsed before it even collapsed. It was still standing. And there's video footage showing that, showing one of the buildings, um, they ha had a controlled detonation on the building. And you can see the building, the Twin Towers, they just dropped where they were at. They didn't topple over. If they had integrity issues, they would have leaned to one side or, you know, like a tree. But they just fell straight down, meaning they were, it was a controlled demolition. They were deliberately blown up, and it was an inside job. And the government pinned it on somebody else, Osama bin Laden. And anyway, that's what happened. And we've been in war ever since, oil wars ever since, trying to take advantage of other people. And personally, I'm, I don't agree with that sort of stuff. It's kind of like I was talking to someone uh, last night about the Native Americans. Uh, I have Cherokee Indian on my dad's side and on my mom's side. The guy that I was talking to had has Cherokee Indian on in his family too, and he actually has Indian burial mounds on his family's property. And so we were talking about that. But one thing he mentioned was his grandmother, um, what a, one of his great grandmothers had was forced to walk the Trail of Tears, and that was when the Cherokees, when they took them here from you know North Carolina, from Alabama, the army, the military forced them out, stole their land, and moved them off to reservations. You know, that's what the government, the army has been doing for a long time. And they haven't stopped doing things like that. And we're in the middle of one now. They're trying to run the Americans off their land by keep the by the wide open borders, uh, keeping the southern border open and letting illegals come through. And you know, I think most people think it's Mexicans coming through, but it's not. It's 
terrorists coming through, Iranians coming through, Russians, Ukrainians, Pakistanis, what just name a country, they're coming, Haitians, they're all coming, and none of them have a respect or reverence or a loyalty to the United States of America because that's not their country. So they're not going to show that loyalty or reverence or care to our country because it's not their country. Um, so I got a problem with that. But we remember that it's also my dad's birthday. So happy birthday, dad. 9-11 is his birthday. And it's something we always remember is now for the past 21 years, 22 years, are the Twin Towers and the, those that fatal day, those 3,000 people that lost their lives. So remember them in prayer, their families. Remember their families in prayer and hope that that hope and pray that that doesn't happen again. But the fact is that it has happened again. Um, we look at Lahaina, Maui. That's part of the United States, right? They were just burnt up, burnt to a crisp. Hundreds of people dead. And they're still claiming a thousand of kids or so are missing. Um, it's still happening. It hasn't quit. So I guess it's going to keep going until we the people have had enough and stop them. Uh, on that note, let's uh, read the Declaration of Independence because that's where we're at. We are, um, I want to read it. It's in Congress, July 4th, 1776. But I want to make a mention that we were already a country before then with the colonies. Each one was a state and they each governed themselves. They had the Mayflower Compact of 1620 and Virginia had its compact 1609 or 1607. And Pennsylvania had their own. Each one had a governor. They were already set up. We already had a nation. We already, the pilgrims came over. We already worked a deal out with the uh, Native Americans, the Wampanoag Indians, and other tribes, um, civil tribes, and worked deals out and, and bartered with them and bought lands. And so we were already working in, in as a Christian country, a nation, before 1776, but the people got fed up with the tyrants that were trying to control our country. So it starts off with the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, 
and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient suffering of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. I'm going to go through the list. He has refused his assent to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislator, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasion, invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose, obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. 
He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace, standing armies without the consent of our legislators. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and acknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments, for suspending our own legislators and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny, already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens, taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislator to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. 
we have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They, too, have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separations and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connections between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. And that as a free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right to do. And for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Georgia, Button, Gwinnett, Lyman Hall, George Walton, signed, North Carolina, William Hooper, Joseph Hughes, and John Penn, South Carolina, Edward Rutledge, Thomas Hayward, Jr., Thomas Lynch, Jr., Arthur Middleton, Massachusetts, John Hancock, Maryland, Samuel Chase, William Paca, Thomas Stone, Charles Carroll of Carrollton, Virginia, George Wythe, Richard Henry Lee, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Harrison, Thomas Nelson Jr., Francis Lightfoot Lee, Carter Braxton, Pennsylvania, Robert Morris, Benjamin Rush, Benjamin Franklin, John Morton, George Clymer, James Smith, George Taylor, James Wilson, George Ross, Delaware, Caesar Rodney, George Reed, Thomas McKean, New York, William Floyd, Philip Livingston, Francis Lewis, Lewis Morris, New Jersey, Richard Stockton, John Witherspoon, Francis Hopkinson, John Hart, Abraham Clark, New Hampshire, Josiah Bartlett, William Whipple, Massachusetts, Samuel Adams, John Adams, Robert Treat Payne, Elbridge Gary, Rhode Island, Stephen Hopkins, William Ellery, Connecticut, Roger Sherman, Samuel Huntington, William Williams, Oliver Wolcott, New Hampshire, Matthew Thornton. We um, just read through the Declaration of Independence, and we see that the first thing I want to pay, 
uh, point your attention to is that I think it was uh, four times that they mentioned God in the Declaration of Independence. And because he says nature, nature's God. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal. They're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then there was a couple more times they mentioned at the end of it that we, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives fortunes, and sacred honor. I want to point out that we should not take for granted what these men of the 13 colonies, these 13 states, what they did when they signed the line for the Declaration of Independence. They declared that we were free men and they put their money where their mouth was. They put their lives, fortune, and sacred honors, and many of these people lost everything, lost their families, their wives, their children, their houses. These are all business owners. They were, a lot of these men were rich men. They had made a living for their families. They were respectable people. And they said, we've had enough with this tyrant and we are throwing you off. We will not be controlled by you anymore. We are free and independent states and we have the power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and do anything else we want to do as independent states. That is our right to do. And they said, we've had enough with this tyrant, King George, and we're not going to do what you tell us to do anymore. We are at that point because of our, because we have acquiesced, because we have become apathetical, apathetic in our nature. We become lazy. You know, countries, other countries think that Americans are fat and lazy and some other things, but I don't fit that description, and I think uh, most other Americans do not, but we have a few that are running foolish, foolishly, um, running office and representing our country in a bad light. They are, I think their object is that is to reduce us under absolute despotism. And we're at the point that it is our right, it, which it always has been. That's why you need to study your Constitution, your Declaration of Independence, your Bill of Rights. It is our right. And the, a right is not the same as a privilege. A right means that it is you've been given access to whatever it is by God. You have that right because by the creator, he created us equally. We are endowed, endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. And they listed them some. 
life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, we have rights that among life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that the government has no power to take away from us. They are powerless without due process of the law that's already been established. God has given us rights. Now, when the government wants to reduce us to absolute despotism, which is what they're doing, it is our right as we the people. He, they even clarify it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Now, when the people decide to do this and kick them out, we shouldn't have these problems anymore. We listed, I think, it not it, uh, I forgot, 26 grievances that they listed. They redressed their grievances, and, of course, they didn't, the king didn't care. That's why they had to, to declare that they were freeing themselves from his thumb. So we're at that point. There was what happened on January 6th. They're calling it an insurrection, which it is not. It wasn't. But they're throwing innocent people, patriots, in jail. And there's many patriots that have been in jail for these three years now that didn't do any, did not commit any felonies and did not have trials. You know, you're innocent until proven guilty. That's the way it's supposed to be. Innocent until proven guilty. And they were thrown in jail. They were tracked by the FBI via their cell phone data. And they were rounded up and thrown in gulags. And they attempted around that same time. You know, that's when the, the uh, pandemic happened. They uh, attempted to round us all up in a quarantine camps. Concentration camps is what they actually are. That's happened before. The Native Americans know how that feels. I can't remember. It was 800. 800 of them died on the Trail of Tears. Remember right? Uh, I have to go back and look at that exact number, but I know hundreds and hundreds died on that trail because they had to walk from North Carolina, from Alabama, from here, all the way to Oklahoma. Many of them did not make it because there was there were elderly people. There were men, there were women, there were children. There were people that could not handle the trip. And that's our government for us. That's what they're doing to us with this pandemic, with the COVID scam, and with the uh, COVID vaccines, which are actually bioweapons. COVID is a bioweapon deliberately manipulated through gain-of-function to make a pathogen more pathogenic, more de- more contagious, and to make it more deadly, 
and they released it on us deliberately. And COVID, that was more of a, that was a scare tactic to get people scared of a disease and to run to the fix all, be all vaccine, the miracle working drug that would save everybody that's safe and effective, which ended up killing millions of people. It killed thousands of people initially, and that's why Dr. Fauci changed the definition of vaccinated to 14 days after the first shot. Now, my understanding of the word vaccinated means that you had a shot and it was injected into you. You were inoculated. But they changed the definition. That way, everyone that died from that first shot could be labeled COVID instead of vaccine death. So they, from the beginning, covered it up. And still, millions of people are clueless to what actually happened. Yet we're in a genocide. We're living through it. They're bringing lockdowns back. They uh, stole the election. They uh, committed a coup d'etat. They put in a puppet in the White House. They kicked out the true, actual president, which he may be leading by a shadow government, which I don't quite understand because of all of the terrible things that have happened that I wish had not happened, although it is waking it is waking people up. But anyway, we have a southern border that's open. It was at we're at like ten thousand a day going coming through the border. I think that slowed down when Governor Abbott put the uh, fence, the, the ball fence in the river, and it slowed a lot of people, a lot of people coming through, and it slowed that number down some. But with the border still wide open, people are still coming through. They're smuggling kids for human trafficking and organ harvesting, and. Uh, drug trafficking, fentanyl. Fentanyl is killing about 100,000 Americans a year. That's just fentanyl. And now they've uh, made a new concoction. They've mixed it with a uh, horse tranquilizer. Makes it even, I forget, it's supposed to be more hallucinogenic maybe. But it's of course, is more deadly. It's all kind of things. I mean, just the list goes on and on and on. Like this list here that they made on July 4, 1776, they redressed their grievances, but their government would not hear them. The um, assumed government here, this, we tried to work with them. We tried to work with Britain. We tried to work with King George and they would not work with us. They tried to make us slaves. So we threw them off. We threw off the chains and we fought back. And that's what we're going to have to do now. 
as of now, the best thing to do is Second Chronicles 7.14, which states, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive them of their sins, and I will heal their land. That's what our Heavenly Father tells us to do. And He will take care of it. Now He expects us to uh, occupy until He comes. So He doesn't want you to be a bench warmer. He wants you to be in the game. He wants you to be active. But He doesn't want you to fall for the devil's lies and tricks and take his shots. I've been telling people for three years, something's wrong here. Something's not right. But this, something, this is a deception. We need to know more about this before you do anything. And now I know what's going on. The devil's trying to trick people into taking the gene manipulating mod RNA which changes your DNA you know God made our DNA to reflect him we were created in his image the devil is trying to um, make us in his image and I am gonna do my best to not let that happen I mean personally it's not gonna happen they're gonna have to. They're uh, gonna have to go through a, a wall of lead first to get that me or my family. I'll say that much. If you go to the Bill of Rights, the our First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's our Bill of Rights. That's what we are following. And that's what our government has ignored, and they've committed tyranny, treason. They are guilty and should be removed and I think I believe we're at the point where it's I can't tell if we're too late to prevent this communism the communist takeover because people won't wake up and realize what we're in the middle of I know so many people do, do not under, do, they don't get it we're in war it's a fifth generation warfare and we're fighting communism, Marxism, fascism. You know, we fought World War II for that, World War I. Remember all those guys? Remember the Holocaust, the Jews, six million Jews that Hitler murdered? Remember the 22 million Russians that died in this war for freedom to prevent to stop the Holocaust and to prevent another. That's where we're at. 
and that's where the Second Amendment comes in. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. We, the people, are the militia. And we have the right to keep and bear arms. And it doesn't matter what shape or what size the arms are. We can have as many or as large of the arms as we want. Because the purpose is to keep the government out of our business. And keep the government out of our states. Keep the government out of our churches. And keep the government out of our homes. And keep the government from brainwashing our kids. That's why we have the right to keep and bear arms and to form a well-regulated militia. And we form grand juries to start kicking these people out, holding them accountable. So that's what we're going to do. That's about all I'll talk about on that. Let's run through a few verses. Uh, go to Psalms chapter 139. Psalms chapter 139 verses 13 through 18. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knows right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in the continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me! O God, how great is the sum of them! If I should count them, there are more in number than the sand, when I awake, I am still with thee. Those verses um, clarify to us that God has a purpose and a plan for us, a plan for you. He knew us before we were born. He had a plan for us before we were born. And it doesn't matter how you were conceived, what the circumstances were, he has a plan for you. He, he loves you and he cares for you in spite of what the circumstances were. How did you come in the world? Well, it was not in your power to come into this world, was it? But God knew who you were and knew where you were going to be. He knew where you were going to be born, and he has a plan and a purpose for you to serve him. And like those, the three men, he gave one five talents, he gave one two talents, and one one talent. He expected them to use the talents that he gave them. We have, let's go to... Uh, Genesis one twenty seven. He created them in His image. He created He them. Genesis one twenty seven. 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. I am sick and tired of the government forcing homosexuality on the people. Since Obama, we've had a gay president. And he pushed, he brought in this homosexuality and this transgender movement and pushed it into the public schools. And we've had an issue since him. And we've been fighting that, resisting it. But we don't have, an, we need more people standing up and pushing back on that. And sadly, people are realizing the uh, detriment, detrimental effects of that. And are pushing back because it's too late. It's already transitioned their son or transitioned their daughter. Brainwashed them or suicided them. Because that's what most transgenders do. If you have uh, did a change, a um, transition when you were a child. As these people are brainwashing these kids to do. They don't understand. They're tricking them. And once they've done the change, you can't reverse it. You can't reverse those hormones or the uh, puberty blockers. You can't reverse the surgeries. And once they realize the damage that was caused to them, a lot of them commit suicide because they don't have any support. And they were it was only done to them because of this agenda, this push of immorality on a Christian country. And the, they're trying to uh, force the immorality. Tr they're trying to denigrate the, the, the people. Well, they, they didn't know, they didn't have a foundation in the Word of God. They didn't have their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so they fell. They were tricked. They were caught by the snares of the devil. Jeremiah 1.5 before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now in this verse is Jeremiah. He's speaking to Jeremiah and specifically tells Jeremiah, I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah went to preach uh, to a stiff-necked people of Judah. And as he told Jeremiah that he formed thee in the, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you. That is true to every person that is alive today. That he knows you. He knew you before you were born and he already made a plan for you. You just have to. Repent, acknowledge your sins, repent of your sins, and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And fulfill the plans that God has given you. That's what repentance does, is washes away your sins. You do an about face, and you're able to follow through God's will for your life. Psalms 127, 
in verse 3. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. This is an attack on the children. And we have been fearfully and wonderfully made before we were born. He knew us. And he had a plan for us. Children are an heritage of the Lord. And the devil is attacking the heritage that God has given us. The fruit of the womb is his reward. God has blessed me and my wife with five children. And they are definitely a blessing. As much as they are a handful at times. But they are a blessing nonetheless. And they are the next generation. If Jesus tarries, we, our children and our children's children will be the ones in our position with the decision making. So how do you want that to play out? Do you want them to be serfs? To this, these tyrants, or do you want them to know their heritage and know their relationship with God as children of God and as heirs to the throne, the kingdom of God Almighty, our Heavenly Father? Do you want them to be free or do you want them to be slaves? Slaves to sin with eternal death? Or a child of God with eternal life. The choice is yours at the moment. Matthew 8, 6. Eighteen six. Matthew chapter 18, verse 6. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. We're going to go to Romans here momentarily. But first, I want to look at the... Uh, go back to my podcast episode 46 about religious exemptions. Uh, the date on it is November 29th, 2021. And go to timetofreeamerica.com. And that'll give you resources that backs up what I'm about to read. It has similar content and some of the same content. But this one is unique. I cannot remember exactly where I got this, this um, from. But I have a list. Um, I know it was when I was digging for medical exemptions. But we have the right as the people. We don't have to get a religious exemption. If you know, if you're convicted in, of your walk with the Lord and you want, you st you're convicted of your rights and you know your rights, you don't have to have a religious exemption. Just stand on your convictions that God has given you and exercise them. You don't have to have a piece of paper. Our rights come from God. They don't come from the Constitution. The rights come from God. We're a Christian country. I don't care what religion you are or where you came from. This is a Christian country. We're tolerating you because we are a godly people. And we're letting you exercise your religion because we're a compassionate people. 
It doesn't matter what other what religion you are. We are a Christian nation. So I have here a compilation of synodal statements, medical studies, professional dissertations, and hierarchical and monastic statements, which either forbid totally or recommend against receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. The reason why I'm bringing this up again is because they're pushing boosters. Um, Governor um, K. Ivey, did I say right? K. Ivey, governor of Alabama, has been pushing the shots, pushing the vaccines, and been pushing the boosters. And there's uh, AlabamaHealth.gov pushing the boosters on television, pushing the boosters on Facebook, and they the governor made a statement that the unvaccinated are the problem and she was frustrated she didn't understand why they wouldn't take the shots but they couldn't force them to take them of course but they're coercing them with all those ads and promotions to get boosters and billboards in the um um low income areas get your shot get your booster it's for your safety it's for your health you know what that is that's crimes against humanity and if they don't straighten out they're going to be at the receiving end here pretty soon so number one on this list that i have is the basis of the social concept of the russian orthodox church and they made a statement. <clears throat> the social life document of the Russian Orthodox Church, which is the largest Orthodox jurisdiction on earth, defines the absolute inadmissibility of medicines prepared using fetal therapy. The church believes it to be definitely inadmissible to use the methods of so-called fetal therapy in which the human fetus on various stages of its development is aborted and used in attempts to treat various diseases and to rejuvenate an organism. Denouncing abortion as a cardinal sin, the church cannot find any justification for it, either, either even if someone may possibly benefit from the destruction of a conceived human life contributing inevitably to ever wider spread in commercial commercialization of abortion. This practice, even if it's still hypothetical effectiveness could be proved scientifically presents an example of glaring immorality and is criminal. That is the statement of the Russian Orthodox church. This, I think, I, I'm leaning more towards this as being the reason why they are, are attacking Russia. And it's always Russian collusion, Russia, 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 because, of, because they're a Christian country. They may, the, the people are. The people are like us. They, they serve God. They want to serve God. They desire to have families have a father a mother a husband and a wife with children they want 
to exercise morality and they do not tolerate the LGBTQ plus PIA, whatever it is at the moment. There's a good interview if you may, if you want to find it with the Russian um, broadcaster and Alex Jones. Very good. The Russian Orthodox Church made this statement. And it was based on, says this command is in point uh, 12.7 of the social life document. This document defines as indicated by the name appropriate Orthodox Christian living in as many aspects of society as is enumerated. Because of point 12, I think section 7, it would be a violation of my faith to receive the following coronavirus vaccines. And then it has a list of, um, I don't know how many, but I'm going to read a few. The first one is Pfizer and BioNTech. The Pfizer vaccine protein tested, was tested using the abortion-derived cell line HEK-293. Um, if you go to Amer uh, timetofreeamerica.com, you see the evidence and you'll see the SM105. The If I understand these lines, cell lines correctly, the 293 is the quantity of fetuses that they used. That means they used 293 aborted babies to test these vaccines. That's what that means. So if you've taken these shots, you've condoned abortion and you've condoned murder of children. And Jesus said that a millstone should be tied around your neck and you should be hung in the depth of the sea. Now I made this statement before that that's showing mercy from Jesus because while you're being drugged down to the bottom of the sea, you've got time to repent and ask for forgiveness before you hit bottom or lose consciousness. So, but there are some, like I said, that we have been tricked into taking this. And so those that ha are remorseful, repent. Ask God to forgive you for your sin of taking these shots and he will forgive you. Now that doesn't mean he'll take away all the consequences of taking it, but he will forgive you and you won't be held accountable for taking them, but you may still have the consequences of taking them. The next one is Moderna. Use the same abortion-derived cell line, HEK293, and each um, and you can go to the Lozier or Lozier Institute. I think it's Lozier Institute, L-O-Z-I-E-R. And that's where the references are. And you can, um, this was cited by researchers Kizmikia S. Corbett, Darren K. Edwards, and Sarah R. Leist or Leist. 
The next one is Johnson and Johnson, the same fetal cell, cell line HEK293. And J&J vaccine, they publicly admitted using that per, it says per C6. Um, this is published on the Janssen website. This information is enumerated by the Lozier Institute. The Sputnik V vaccine used the same HEK293 cell line. AstraZeneca used the same. Vaxart used the same. Alt Immune. Covax, Medicago, Novavax, University of Pittsburgh, Pitcovac used the same thing. Walter Reed Army Institute used the same. Sanofi Pasteur and Translate Bio used the same. Innovio Pharmaceuticals used the same. Arcturus Therapeutics used the same. What I'm saying is you can't trust any vaccines at all until we put Fauci, um, Peter Daszak, and Alex Azar, FDA, CDC, all of those, Walensky, Tedros, all these people, if we don't um, put them behind bars or hang them by a noose, you can't trust any vaccines. Imperial College of London, Providence Therapeutics, Coronavac, Casino Biologics, Immunity Bio, and NanQuest, Institute Pasteur and Themis and Merck, Riga, Riga Institute on Hu Zifai, Clover Biopharmaceuticals, they all used HEK293. So they take the, you can Google this and look up HEK293 and it says they use the aborted fetus cells, embryonic fetal cells of their kidney. And that's what they use. So they're growing the baby until they terminate it, abort it, and then they use the, the organ harvest. It's called organ harvesting. That's what they're doing. There's a demand that's what for big pharma to organ harvest. That's murder you have convictions as a Christian, you cannot support that. The Greek Orthodox Church, they released uh, the cloning of embryonic cells. The Greek Orthodox Church, which is the second in order among the non-patriarchal uh, autocephalous jurisdictions, declared our church expresses its categorical opposition to conducting experiments on human embryonic cells. This is found in the 17.8.2000 press release in, on embryo cell cloning. So they made this statement in 2000. It further declares in the same press release that the effort to improve life cannot pass through the destruction of millions of human beings of, em of embryonic age. We're at 60 million abortions and the demand for the abortions has been big pharma and their medical 
industrial complex. This absolutely condemns the bulk of the already above mentioned vaccines, which are the product of testing on cells harvested from aborted fetuses. This would make it a contradiction to my orthodox faith, faith to receive those vaccines, even if said vaccines genuinely benefited me. The Romanian Orthodox Church statement, the transplant of organs. The Romanian Orthodox Church, which is fourth in the order of junior patriarchs, patriarchates, lists mandatory principles for the moral use of human organs and tissues in states because the extraction of organs implies the consent of the donor. Extraction of tissues from an embryo is inconceivable given the fact that although alive, this one cannot give its consent. That's been the problem this whole time with the vaccines is that we were not given informed consent. How can you give an embryo informed consent and allow them to agree on you aborting them or using them as a test organ or harvest their organs? It's inconceivable. On this basis, the Romanian Orthodox Church condemns all medical work profiting from the harvesting of cells from an embryo or, in fact, any medical work profiting from the harvesting of cells from a non-consenting individual. This statement alone condemns all the above-mentioned vaccines on the basis that they come from either an aborted fetus or non-consenting individual. In the vast majority of cases, these vaccines are condemned by both qualifications. I'm giving you a basis of standing, if you don't have it already, to resist the vaccines. On this alone, you stand on this because you do not support abortion. You do not support organ harvesting. And based on your convictions, you cannot take the vaccine. Also mentioned in the statement in the church's view of death, the church declares that from a Christian point of view, death has two acceptances. Man's moving away from God through sin, death can, that can be temporary or eternal according to the seriousness of the sin, repentance or its absence. The physical death materialized the separation of the soul from the body. All Christian effort is to get rid of the, the eternal death through the dynamic communion with God in Christ through the Holy Spirit. This fact does not exclude the care for the conditions, moment, and way of separating the soul from the body. I am of the opinion that receiving the vaccines mentioned above would be participating in the sin of abortion, thereby resulting in my spiritual death. While neither death is desirable, the church has since antiquity declared that spiritual death is magnitudes less desirable than physical death because spiritual death results in the eternal suffering of our souls and is declared in Revelations 21.8, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. 
and again in Revelations 20:14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The spiritual death is magnitudes less desirable than the physical death. You know, Paul said pretty much to sum it up, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That is, if you're in Christ. So then he goes on. This is Archbishop. Now, I'm reading this, and this is what I found. I didn't find, well, if you go back to episode 46, that was a, I can't even remember. what pastor it was but that was an exemption that he wrote up he's a pastor of a a certain church i can't remember now i don't know of a single now when i find one i'll come back on here and tell you but i haven't found a single free will baptist church that except for me that has made a statement on these vaccines and declared it a sin or spiritually unacceptable to accept these shots because of abortion, because they're using fetal cells with these for these vaccines. I don't know of a single Free Baptist Church that has made that stand or that position. And to their detriment, they have pointed a lot of people in the wrong direction. When I, I was speaking, I know a lot of... Uh, pastors in the free will baptist community and home missions and i have some connections i guess you could say and but speaking to my dad he's a missionary home missions on the home missions board or a missionary on the board there and you know just talking to him some of the missionaries or pastors took the vaccines they were saying because they had to take it I was like, no, that's wrong. That's not right. They didn't have to take it. They could have stood up on their convictions. They, you know, we'd have. And, but of course it was, you know, up to them individually whether to do it or not. And a lot of people, I think, did it out of fear. Instead of logically thinking through it and, and analyzing what was actually happening. So a lot of Christians took these shots and they've committed an egregious sin. And of course God gives us, if we're still alive, some of them have died from taking it. So I don't know if they repented or not. But if you're alive, listening to me, I'm, I'm assuming you're alive, then you have the opportunity, if you have, to repent, and the Lord will forgive you. And you'll move on, move forward from there. Archbishop Macarios. Archbishop Macarios is a hierarch of the Ecumenical Patriarchate of Constantinople, the first throned Patriarchate of the Orthodox Church. He worked with other religious officials of other churches to compose 
an interchurch statement condemning the AstraZeneca vaccine on the basis that it was developed using the abortion-derived cell line HEK293. On this basis, most of the above-mentioned vaccines are condemned because of their usage of the HEK293 in the development or the testing of the vaccines. Um, you have the Moldovan Orthodox Church, the Georgian Orthodox Church making similar statements, Metropolitan Saba of Kony, uh, Bishop of the Orthodox Church, uh, Bishop Spiridon of Shalta. You have... You have elders, other elders making similar statements. Uh, this is uh, Bishop Spiridon. I'm going to read his quote. Uh, he says, if a murderer, a maniac, brings you medicine, will you drink it? I do not trust. I will not bring home the medicine brought by them. I am personally convinced that this is the devil's trap. These people will not give you any medicine. Bishop Spiridon warns that the elites are functioning as agents of the devil to present the vaccine as a trap. This implicates not just vaccines produced with abortion fetal cells, but all vaccines against coronavirus. This greatly concerns me, and I feel my readiness and functionality will be hindered if under any obligation to receive a vaccine against coronavirus. So he made a stand. And he said he would not take any of them. That's the thing you have to understand. Think logically. If corrupt, wicked people give you something that they say is safe and effective when it's not safe and effective, can you trust anything that they give you? I hope you answered no. So that means you can't trust the hospitals. The that are under the government's thumb. And most of them are because they're run by administrations now instead of by doctors. So you can't, you have to keep your eyes peeled going to any hospital because I've even since I moved here have had reports of the same things happening in this area with the uh, remdesivir, with the the remdesivir causing kidneys to shut down, which causes the lungs to fill with water, which causes a misdiagnosis of pneumonia. And then they put you on the ventilator, but it was caused by the remdesivir. And within 10 days, you're dead because they did the remdesivir in the ventilator instead of giving you um, intravenous uh, vitamin C, IV, vitamin C, and nutrition. And you die. That's what they were doing. And it got more. I've got more here, but I don't have to read all of them. I think I've read enough. I think you get the point. So if anything, if you didn't have anything to stand on for this next lockdown that's coming, I don't care what country you're in, you can stand on it because of your convictions. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And as a son of God, your convictions prohibit you from participating in any of their vaccines because they are condoning abortion. It's that simple.
and so I hope this helps with that. And again, like I said, go to my ep- episode 46. is November 29th, 2021. It'll probably be easier to find the date, find it with the date, and look it up that way. So that's the point. Sanctity of life. God has a purpose and a plan for you and a plan for me. And he desires that we follow that plan. Don't be duped by the devil. He wants to change your DNA to make you look like him and make you bound to hell. But God, on the other hand, has provided you a way of escape. And he's provided redemption through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. And he's given you eternal life if you'll accept the free gift. He's not going to coerce you. He's not going to trick you or deceive you. He's given us free will. Free will, free grace, free salvation. It's up to us to choose. He's given us the option. Choose life. As Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says. And I've given you blessings and cursings. And death or life. Choose life. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. Thank you for the opportunity to, to sit down here and fellowship through the podcast. I pray that we'd be able to share this with others that need this, that need the, the truth, that they need to hear the truth. We would share it and be faithful to you to spread your word uh, in, in season and out of season. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in in your work. And help us to be good examples. Help us to be bold. It's the persecution. I know other countries are already facing extreme persecution. Uh, Human trafficking, organ, organ harvesting. And they're having to face those sort of things. And they have to stand and be bold in, in very treacherous times. But we're facing the same thing. We've got the beginning of sorrows coming to us in the United States of America. And we need to be able to stand as a Christian nation and ward off the fiery darts of the devil. Help us to be strong. Help us to put on the whole armor of God. Help us to resist. Help us to fight. Help us to free others around us. Thank you for what you've done. And keep us through the rest of this week until the next time. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.